For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Hanukkah, a prophecy of the end of days. This is part one of the series. In this teaching, we're going to be speaking on the subject of Hanukkah in the controversy of Zion. And in doing so, we're going to see how Hanukkah is a prophecy of the events of the end of days. In sharing with you this teaching on Hanukkah, we are going to cover the following. First, we're going to share with you the historical background of events of which we have major details in the book of Daniel that from these events we ultimately have the celebration today of what is known as Hanukkah. We're going to share with you some of the customs of Hanukkah and then we're going to share with you how some of the events of Hanukkah is related to the New Testament and how it's related to Christians and their view of expressing their faith in Yeshua up as the Messiah. And then finally, we're going to show you how Hanukkah is prophetic of the battle of the end of days, the tribulation period, and the great tribulation when the sons of Zion will be opposed to the sons of Greece. So that's what we're going to be covering in this teaching. Now first, let's go over the historical background that led to the celebration of Hanukkah. To begin with, we're going to look at Deuteronomy in chapter 7, verses 16 and 22. We're going to see that the enemies of Israel are called beasts of the field. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 16 is written, And you shall consume all the people which the Lord your God shall deliver you. Your eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shall you serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto you. And the Lord your God will put out these nations before you by little and little. You may not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon you. We can see how the enemies of Israel are regarded as beasts of the field by cross-referencing Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 64 with Ezekiel chapter 34 and verse 5. In Deuteronomy 28 verse 64 it is written, And the Lord will scatter you among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other. Ezekiel chapter 34 and verse 5. And they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And in being scattered in the nations of the world they became meat to all beasts of the field when they were scattered. And Daniel in chapter 
chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar is given a dream by the God of Israel. And the dream is so terrifying that it bothers him. And as a result, he calls for the magicians, the astrologers, and the sorcerers in Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to be able to tell him his dream and the interpretation of the dream. But they were not able to do it. And as a result, Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that all those in high-ranking leadership around him would be killed if no one was able to tell him the dream and the meaning of the dream. And as a result, Daniel then prays to the God of Israel. And in a night vision, the God of Israel gives Daniel the understanding of the dream and the interpretation of the dream, which he shares with Nebuchadnezzar. And the dream is regarding a terrifying image which represents world empires that would rule over the nation of Israel from Nebuchadnezzar's time to the end of days. And ultimately, in the end of days, Messiah would crush all these kingdoms and he would set up his kingdom, which we call the Messianic era. So that's the background of Daniel in chapter 2. In verse 1, it is written, In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I've dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 19, we're told that the secret revealed unto Daniel regarding Nebuchadnezzar's dream was given to him in a night vision. And as a result, Daniel in Daniel chapter 2 verse 24 is going to go before Nebuchadnezzar and he's going to show Nebuchadnezzar the dream and the interpretation of the dream. Daniel chapter 2 verse 25, then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king, that is Nebuchadnezzar, in haste and said, thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. And so Daniel explains to Nebuchadnezzar, you, O king, saw and behold a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before you and the form was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold and this is going to represent Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom of Babylon. His breast and his arms of silver, this is going to represent the media Persian empire. His belly and thighs of brass, this is going to represent the Greek empire. His legs of iron, this is going to represent the Roman empire. His feet, part of iron and part of clay. And this is going to represent the ten toes of the tribulation period. Daniel chapter 2 verse 35. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is prophesying that Messiah is going to come against the beast system during the tribulation, defeat it, and he's going to set up his kingdom. We are now going to focus on the conflict wherein the Grecian Empire led by Alexander the Great is going to defeat the Persian Empire, the media Persian Empire, that in Daniel chapter 8 is going to be represented by a ram, wherein a goat is going to represent the Grecian Empire, and then following Alexander the Great defeating 
defeating the Media Persian Empire, his kingdom is going to be split into four, and then out of one of these four kingdoms is going to arise one who is going to be prophetic picture of the beast, the beast system, the false messiah, and the end of days. And this person is Antiochus Epiphanes IV. And it's Antiochus Epiphanes IV who makes decrees in his rule and in his domain that everyone should follow Greek culture, which would require the Jews to not follow the Torah. And this caused a revolt against Antiochus. And the revolt was led by Jewish priests known as the Maccabees. And against all odds, because the God of Israel was with them, they defeated the Greeks in this rebellion. And Antiochus set up an idol in the temple. And he also sacrificed a pig on the altar, which caused the rebellion. And ultimately, the Jewish rebellion defeated the Greeks and then rededicated the temple and the altar back to the God of Israel. So Daniel chapter 8 tells us about the Media Persian Empire who was defeated by the Greek Empire. Daniel chapter 8 verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And Daniel chapter 8 verse 16. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. And he said, Behold, I will make you know what shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. Daniel chapter 8 verse 3. Then I lifted up my eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. Daniel chapter 8 verse 4. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward so that no beast might stand before him. The ram with two horns represents the media Persian empire. Daniel chapter 8 verse 20. The ram which you saw having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. In this picture outlined in light green we can see the extent of the Persian empire. Now continuing on in Daniel chapter 8 verse 5 it is written and as I was considering behold a he goat came from the west and it says that the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Daniel chapter 8 verse 21 it is explained that the goat is the king of Greece and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. This is going to be a reference to Alexander the Great. The notable horn of the Grecian Empire in Daniel chapter 8 verse 5 refers to Alexander the Great. Alexander lived from 365 BC to 323 BC. As a young boy, Alexander studied the writings of the Greek philosopher Aristotle. At age 20, Alexander became the king of the Greek state Macedonia. Later, he went to war and conquered the Persian Empire. Alexander believed that the Greek culture could unify the world. He founded a new city in each country of his empire that would serve as a model for the furtherance of the Greek culture. Public buildings, gymnasiums, open-air theaters, the spread of Greek names, Greek dress, and a common language all were byproduct of the rule of the Greek Empire. And the spread of Greek culture was known as Hellenism. So given that Alexander believed, and this was ultimately implemented by Antiochus Epiphanes IV, that they wanted to unify the world, that they follow Greek culture, this is prophetic of the days and times in which we are living, that there is a call in the world for a new world 
world order, which the ultimate goal and desire is one world government, and that all the nations of the world would be unified under this new world order or one world government. This is the prophetic aspect of what the Greeks desired to do and what was decreed by Antiochus Epiphanes IV as it relates and pertains to the days and times in which we are living. In Daniel chapter 8 and verse 6, it explains, And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close to the ram, and he was moved with the collar against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns. This now is a map wherein in the light green is the extent of the Grecian Empire. In Daniel chapter 8 verse 8 it is written, Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken. Alexander the Great died at the age of 32, and as a result of his death, there was a fight or a struggle for who would then be the leader. And as a result, the Grecian kingdom was divided among the four generals of Alexander the Great. In Daniel chapter 8 verse 8 it is written, Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. Daniel chapter 8 verse 22. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. So of these four generals that oversaw four areas within the Greek empire, we're going to focus on the Greek part of the north of Israel, which was governed by the Seleucids, and in the south, in Egypt, it was governed by the Greek Ptolemies. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 9, it is written, And out of one of them came forth a little horn. Now, of one of the four Grecian kingdoms came forth a little horn, which waxed exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land, or the land of Israel. And here you see several coins wherein Antiochus the fourth is portrayed as the Greek god Zeus. And the Greek god Zeus is seen as the supreme gods of all the gods of Greece. The background of the conflict between the Greek Seleucids to the north of Israel in the area of Syria and the Greek Ptolemies to the south which governed Egypt is the following. The Syrian area north of the Galilee was ruled by the Greek general Seleucid I. The area south of Israel in Egypt was ruled by the Greek general Ptolemy I. Israel lay in the middle between the struggle and fight between the Greek rulers of Syria and Egypt. An eventual Seleucid ruler known as Antiochus Epiphanes IV set out to destroy the Greek ruler in Egypt and Israel became the battleground. Here I have a chart for you where we can see the time frame where we have the Greek Seleucid ruler Antiochus IV and how it corresponded to the Greek Ptolemy ruler in Egypt and how that is associated with the Maccabees and the Jewish priests that rebelled against the Greek Seleucids in Antiochus Epiphanes IV. Antiochus Epiphanes ruled in uh, the time frame around 175 to 163 BC. In Daniel chapter 8 verse 22 where it explains now that being broken whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. 
verse 23, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king, a fierce countenance, and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. Now this is going to be a reference to Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth, verse 24, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. That is the Jewish people. The background of the details of Antiochus the fourth, the decrees that he made, and the things that happened are contained in the extra biblical books of first and second Maccabees. In first Maccabees, in chapter one and verse ten, it explains, and there came out of them a wicked root, Antiochus, surnamed Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the hundred and thirty and seventh year of the kingdom of the Greeks. First Maccabees chapter one and verse twenty explains that Antiochus then waged war against Israel and Jerusalem. In First Maccabees chapter one verse twenty one, that he entered proudly into the sanctuary of the temple, and he took away the golden altar, the candlestick of light, and all the vessels. First Maccabees chapter one verse twenty two, in the table of showbread, in the pouring vessels, in the vials, in the censers of gold. First Maccabees chapter one verse twenty three, he took the silver, in the gold, in the precious vessels. Also he took the hidden treasures which he found. First Maccabees chapter one verse twenty four. And when he had taken all away, he went into his own land, having made a great massacre, and spoke very proudly. First Maccabees one twenty five. As a result, there was great mourning in the land of Israel. In Daniel chapter eight verse twenty five, speaking of Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth, it is prophesied of him: By peace shall he destroy many. In First Maccabees chapter one verse twenty nine, and explaining after Antiochus the fourth came into Jerusalem, says in First Maccabees chapter one verse thirty that he spoke peaceable words, but they were all in deceit. By peace he will destroy many, and as a result he fell suddenly upon the city and destroyed many people. First Maccabees chapter one verse thirty one, and when he had taken the spoils of the city, he set it on fire. And so Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth is a prophetic foreshadowing of the beast and the beast system of the end of days of Revelation in chapter thirteen. In Daniel chapter eight verses eleven and twelve, it is prophesied that Antiochus the fourth would stop the daily sacrifice in the temple. It is written, Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground and practiced and prospered. We are told about Antiochus the fourth stopping the daily sacrifice and setting up the abomination of desolation in First Maccabees in chapter one, verse fifty-four, fifty-six, and fifty-nine. In First Maccabees chapter one, verse fifty-four, it says, "Now the fifteenth day of the month of Kislev, they set up the abomination of desolation upon the altar, and they built idol altars throughout the cities of Judah on every side." In verse fifty-six, and when they had rent in pieces the books of the Torah which they found, they burnt them with fire. Verse 59. Now the 25th day of the month of Kislev, they did sacrifice upon the idol altar, which is upon the altar of God. Daniel chapter 11 verse 31 is where it is prophesied about taking away the daily sacrifice and placing the
the abomination that makes desolate. Antiochus IV erected an altar of the Greek god Zeus in the temple in Jerusalem and he sacrificed a pig upon that altar. So this was the ultimate disdain being shown to the God of Israel that in the temple there would be an idol set up in the temple of the supreme Greek God that is the Greek God Zeus and an unclean animal a pig would be sacrificed upon the altar. Yeshua referred to this event in Matthew chapter 24 verse 15 when he says when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. So the abomination of desolation is something that historically happened but it is something that is going to happen again during the tribulation period. Yeshua said that when you see the abomination of desolation then let them in Judea flee into the mountains. This is what historically happened as when the abomination of desolation was witnessed, the Jewish priests, the Maccabees, then fled into the wilderness. From the Jewish encyclopedia, it is explained regarding the abomination of desolation, that the rabbis as a whole consider the expression abomination of desolation refers to the desecration of the temple by the putting up of a Zeus statue. Continuing from the Jewish encyclopedia, the expression in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 15 of Yeshua, the abomination of desolation, the Jewish encyclopedia explains that the context of these passages leaves no room for doubt as to what was intended by this expression. And that is Antiochus Epiphanes then transforming the temple in Jerusalem and desecrating it by setting up this statue of Zeus and slaying a pig on the altar. Witnessing the abomination of desolation, the Maccabees flee into the mountains. First Maccabees chapter 2 and verse 1. In those days arose Mattathias and First Maccabees chapter 2 verse 2, he had five sons. First Maccabees chapter 2 verse 6, and when he saw the blasphemies that were committed in Judah and Jerusalem, he instructed in First Maccabees chapter 2 verse 28 that he and his sons flee into the mountains. So when Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 15, when you see the abomination of desolation, speaking of a future event, let those in Judea flee in the mountains. That is exactly what happened historically when Antiochus IV erected a statue of Zeus in the temple and sacrificed a pig upon it. The Jewish priests who rebelled against this fled into the wilderness or they fled into the mountains. Who is Zeus? In Greek mythology, Zeus is the chief of the Greek gods. Zeus is personified as an image of appeasement, order, wisdom, and justice. And Zeus was able to claim the title of the father of the gods and the father of men. And an eagle was a symbol of Zeus. In Greek mythology, Zeus was married to Europa. And in Greek mythology, Zeus is personified as a beast. And Europa is personified as a woman riding on the beast. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, Hanukkah, a prophecy of the end of days. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.